UpToDate wants to know what you're talking about with family and friends. You can text UTD to 816-601-4777 to tell us. Again, 816-601-4777. This is Up to Date on KCUR 89.3. I'm Steve Kraske. Wyandotte County now has its first black female judge, Candace Alcaraz. She has served as an assistant district attorney in Wyandotte County since 2016. She beat a sitting judge with nearly 69% of a countywide vote in the November election. The 32-year-old Alcaraz, who was sworn in on January 9th, will rule on both criminal and civil cases. Judge, nice to have you here, and c- congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much, and thank you for having me today. Are you still getting used to people calling you and addressing you as judge? Very much so. Uh, <laughs> it's a weird thing, especially with my old coworkers and former defense attorneys that I worked with. I Everybody's just adjusting to it, but everyone's been very nice and respectful, and so, yes, I'm still getting used to it. Does it feel like it fits? It does now. Um, I've been on the bench for two almost two and a half weeks now and it feels a lot you're an more old veteran now yeah. oh yeah yeah i've got yeah. it all in the bag <laughs> <laughs> but but there are people addressing you as judge and you're getting used to it yes um even right after i won i came into work the very next day after the uh the first election in august and so even then people were like hey judge you know congratulations judge and i'm like i'm not even sworn in yet. yeah <laughs> just you know wait wait till january because i don't want to be disrespectful to the people who sure. are actually sworn into that position sure uh, but people were already calling me that and now it now it feels comfortable oh that's great but your dream to become a judge as i understand it began after you took a tour of the courthouse a few years ago after you had landed the job as an assistant uh, uh district attorney in the Wyandotte county office there What happened on that tour that grabbed your attention? Well, it was just simply um, walking through the courthouse, learning where the courtrooms are, different judges. And sure enough, we got to the third floor, and that's the hallway with the picture of all of the judges. And I looked up there, and I just said, okay, you know, this this is good, but there's an opportunity here because I see that we've only had four black male judges, and at the time, two were still sitting on the bench. Now it's just one. And so I said to myself, maybe one day, you know, tuck that away. Maybe that's something that you can do. Maybe you can be the first and bring a different view to the bench and give people around here something that they've not had before. Because there wasn't a single photograph of a black female judge that you saw up on that wall. Not at all. I just thought, hey, maybe, maybe that could be my dream, my future. So that was a dream of someday down the road. When did you decide to pull the trigger and actually run for the office last year? Well, it actually goes back to 2020. I started dating my now fiance and I told him this is something that I'm thinking about maybe eh, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years from now. And he kind of looked at the landscape and said, no, you're doing this now. Really? And I said, oh, okay, honey. Well, all right, we'll, we'll go for it. And he had that feeling because, what, the time seemed right to him? or Yes, he said, looking at the county, he, see, he said that um, Wyandotte seemed like it was ready for change. It was ready for different things, and that's the way that they've been voting. So he said, you have to strike now while the iron is hot. You know, he knows politics, and so he said, this is the time. You have to do it now. You tell your fiancé he's a smart man. Oh, very smart man. He has his finger on the pulse. So you decided to run for the office, and what made you think, Judge, that you could win as someone who was in her early 30s? Well, going into it, I just thought, if I lose, 
I'm young enough. I'll just keep trying until I get in. Mm. Uh, but going into it, I said, you know, I'm a very hard worker. And anyone who knows me knows that if I want something, I'm going to go after it with all of my might. So mm. I knew with my work ethic and the way that I approach things, if I gave it everything I had, at the end of the day, I would probably be successful, but I have to work it through from the beginning all the way through to the end. So even up until uh, before the election, I was still going out, knocking doors, doing everything I possibly could to really hone in on this win. And sure enough, it paid off. Even though when I woke up that day, I thought, you could lose. It could happen. But you've given everything that you have, so you still have something to be proud of. There's sort of peace in that idea, isn't it? That if you give it your best shot and still lose, you can still live with yourself going forward. Exactly. I can still look at myself in the mirror and say, okay, you know, we're we're fine. We're good. You know, but you didn't lose. You got 69% of the vote. Did you see that coming in any way? I did not at all. So it wasn't until the night of the uh, watch party. I saw the numbers coming in, and the first numbers I saw come in, I was up by 3,000 votes. And I knew right then and there, I said, this is over. I'm going to win. Because in Wyandotte County, I know that with the voting numbers, they're not that high. So I know if I'm leading like this out of the gate, he's probably not going to be able to catch up. And sure enough, it started to set in right then and there. Oh, my God, I'm going to be a judge. You know, as you well know, there's a rule in WICO politics that says, you know, you've got to wait your turn and you don't run against a sitting judge, which is exactly what you wound up doing. What made you think that running against a sitting judge, also one more sort of uh, obstacle in front of you, was the right step? Well, that was the only option at Mm -hmm. the time. Uh, Normally people wait until there is an opening and I didn't want to wait. I said, my time is now, and I'm going to go for it. So I didn't mind it at all, even though I definitely was warned. I was told that. And if nothing else, it encouraged me. It pushed me further to let Mm. me know, okay, I may be pushing some buttons here, but clearly maybe some people are nervous, worried, afraid. And with that, I'm just going to walk through this door. So be it. So when you say you worked hard, what were you doing? How many days a week were you out knocking on doors? Oh, I was out every day if I could. Every day. Uh, Whether it was raining, whether it was extremely hot. A lot of times it was very hot. Uh, Sometimes I would be there by myself. I didn't care. I had to go out. I had to let the people see me. I wanted them to know who I was and get my message across. And I walked all over Wyandotte County from Hmm. our richest neighborhoods to our uh, I would say less affluent neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. I was everywhere. And people were just like, you're really out here by yourself? Like a judge. Like no judge has ever knocked on my door and asked for my vote. So I said, well, let me be the first then. Hi, I'm Candace Ocker as I'm running for judge and I would like your vote. What kind of questions did people have for you as a candidate for judge? Well, mostly people were concerned about things that I didn't really take into consideration or things that I thought were less important. So I thought the biggest thing running in Wyandotte County as a person not from Wyandotte County was the fact that I I wasn't from there. And so I thought people would harp on that, but no, they didn't. Uh, The biggest things people talked about with me were really, what do you plan on doing differently? What's your viewpoint? And you're so young. You look so young. Are you sure you're really ready to do this? And to that I just said yes I'm ready I put my name down I paid the money (laughs) to do it so (laughs) I am here 
We'll be back in just a minute. Well, let's talk a little bit about more about why you did this, because you defeated a 15-year incumbent judge. His name is Wes Griffin. You weren't a fan of how the judge ran his courtroom. And I'm wondering, Judge, what bothered you so much about what was going on in there? Well, it was just that it was almost like a lack of respect at times. And I just felt like as a judge, you have to be different on Mm -hmm. the bench. Everyone that comes into that courtroom should know that they are respected and that we are here to do whatever it is that we've come to do. But no one should be made to feel that they've been disrespected or neglected or that their time doesn't matter or that we're not moving fast enough or quick enough for the judge. I, I never wanted anyone else to feel like that. And so I decided, yeah, I can do this and I can do it a bit better. And already I've been practicing that in my courtroom, especially doing civil work. I let people voice their opinions, and sometimes that's all they want is someone to hear them out, and that's what I'm doing. So it's a fresh voice, a fresh attitude, and you think it's making a difference? Oh, definitely. Um, I would just say yesterday at my limited actions docket, an attorney told me, uh, you know, Judge, you're very patient. You're much more patient than many, and I appreciate that, so thank you. Mm -hmm. And I just thought to myself, okay, this further confirms to me that I'm supposed to be here and that I'm supposed to be doing these things. I wonder if a veteran judge listening to our conversation might sit back and think, well, okay, judge, you're patient now, but three, four, five years into this gig, when the same you go through the same routine every day, let's see if you're still patient then. Well, I'll say um, I can reflect on my time in the DA's office. I have always been that way. I let people get their opinion out because I want to listen. I want to know what the problem is. Mm -hmm. What is the issue? How do we resolve it? And I can't do that without listening. I can't do that if I'm cutting you off and not letting you finish your points or your views. Even if you're getting irate or a little crazy, that's fine. But I still want to hear what you have to say. And there's a time to cut it off. But in most instances, people just want to be heard. And that's what I'm trying to do. You know, you're originally from Chicago. You said you weren't a native of Wyandotte County. How similar is some parts of Chicago to Wyandotte County? Do you recognize different aspects of it? Very much. Um, I talk to my parents often about, you know, this side of town reminds me of this back home. Um, In terms of the politics, the layouts, there's just a lot of similarities. And so that's why I feel very welcome in Wyandotte County. It feels like home. You ran as a Democrat. How challenging will it be for you you to put your political views on the back burner? Not challenging at all. Uh, Most, well, I would say all judges, I think, in my county run as Democrats, but that has no bearing on how I rule in the courtroom, especially with the cases that come before me. Mm -hmm. Wyandotte County has seen a lot of African-American leaders lately, including yourself now, Judge. What does that say about the county? What do you think is happening there? Well, I think the county is changing the makeup of it. Um, I would say when I would go into certain neighborhoods, I would expect to see one thing, and then I see something completely different, something completely diverse. So I think the county itself is changing, the people are changing, and people want to see change. They want to see something different. They're tired of the same old status quo, the we've done, this is the way we've always done this. Why change it now? I think people are tired of hearing that, and they want something more. And they're frustrated. You yes. get the sense they're really frustrated. Definitely frustrated. You know, so much of the Roger Golubsky case, the rogue detective that's been in the news so much, reminding people of the way Wyandotte County used to be back in the 90s. And I hear it all the time. People do want something different. 
Yes, I will say uh, a couple of the conversations I had with people out in the community were that they were lifelong dot, and they've seen many things happen, and so they wanted to talk to me to figure out, okay, well, what what are you going to do different? Why mm-hmm. should I trust in you? So those were the important conversations I was having on the campaign trail. Are there things that you want to keep the same in your courtroom, things that you do not want to change? Well, yes. As of right now, I really like the way that the previous judge in the courtroom I'm in now, the way she ran her courtroom, uh, everything seems to be running in order. We keep the cases moving. We give people the time that they need to get their issues handled. So for right now, I like the way that that's working. There are a few things I want to bring more to the table. Uh, when I ran, I did ran on this principle of um, – I want to inform the community just as much as, you know, they inform me when they come into my courtroom. Mm-hmm. So I want to have some answers maybe for them uh, when they come in there. Like this past week, I had a woman telling me about how she couldn't really find housing options in Wyandotte County. So now that is going to be something that I'm going to dedicate myself to finding out what is available. What do I tell a person who comes into my courtroom looking for that option instead of just saying, well, that's the end of your case. You know, have a good day. No, you deserve more information than that, especially if you ask the question. So mm-hmm. those are the kinds of things that I really want to focus on in my courtroom. I'm wondering what the biggest adjustment was for you as you went from the district attorney's office and you put the robe on for the first time and walked into your courtroom. Again, there's got to be something a little surreal about that moment for you. And, and what would tell us about that that first day? I will say uh, when I woke up in the morning on Tuesday, January 10th, I knew I was heading to work, but I knew I was parking in a different parking spot. (laughs) I had uh, keys to my new office. When I walked to my courtroom, I saw my name outside, and it was the weirdest thing, but I said, okay, this is our new job. This is our new task. Let's go for it. Let's do it. So by the time I sat down on the bench at 9 a.m. for a case, I just zoned in, and I said, all right. You have to be responsible. You have to be respectful. Listen to the issues that are in front of you and make the best decision that you can with the information you have. And I just went from there. But it is still a little weird, though, when I, I see bet. old coworkers, I and bet, especially criminal-wise. It it's, it's different. <laughs> Did you know what to say and what to do that first day? Is there some sort of guide they give a new judge so you know what the procedures are? So we kind of have this gossip, I guess, about a a judge's Bible, essentially. And it has um, the scripts for what you're supposed to say and different information you'll need on the bench. And so... Well, that's good. Well, yes. So I did have that. uh, But also leading up to it, I was shadowing the judge who I would take over for. Mm -hmm. So I was going to her courtroom uh, every Monday and Tuesday to find out what's going on in here. What do I need to do? What's the law? And so I did that also this week, uh, starting tomorrow, I will be going to what they call judge school. Uh, I'll be doing that in Topeka until Friday. So I'll get a lot more information there as well about what I'm supposed to be doing on the bench. Do you go to the Judicial Center, the Supreme Court building to get that done? No, they're having it at a hotel, I believe. Oh, really? Yeah, so we'll have different judges come in from the Court of Appeals, from district court judges across the state uh, to talk to us new judges about what is the procedure? What do you need to do? How do you control your courtroom? How do you make certain decisions? What kind of documents do you need to be filling out so that whoever picks up this case can follow along as well? So it's going to be a good time. I'm actually very much looking forward to it. I was going to say, it sort of seems to me that that should come first before you take the bench for the first time. (laughs) That is true. To to give a new judge a hand. Yeah. Yeah. 
Hey, just a couple final points. You also said you want to continue to work in the community with kids. Yes. Why kids? Kids have always been my passion. Um, I felt like when I was growing up, a lot of times people looked at me as a young person who was doing the things that the, they were supposed to be doing. And I tried to be an example to an extent. And so now that I'm an adult, I want to do the same thing for these kids that are coming up. It's different times out there, but I want to show them that somebody like me understands. I know what it's like to come from a certain background and people not really respect that. I know what it's like to be looked down on. I've experienced that, but I want to encourage you to do your best, go for things. I tell people all the time, if I can make it here with all that's happened in my life and my experiences, anybody can do it. You just have to work hard enough to get it. I wonder what your parents said on the night you won the election. Well, my mother cried for the majority of the night, but my father, he was so proud of me. My father doesn't get very emotional, but he gave me a hug and he just said, I'm just so proud of you, Candace. I'm so proud of you. And it really, it really touched me because I know how my dad is. So that was a, that was more than enough for me. (laughs) You're going to get me teary here. You keep that up. (laughs) Well, that's Candace Alcaraz. She's the Wyandotte County's first black female judge. And once again, congratulations. What a pleasure to have you here and wishing you all the best of luck on the bench. Thank you, sir. Have a good day. You too. Up to date is a production of KCUR 89.3. Our theme music was composed by the great Bobby Watson. The program is produced by Danny Alexander, Zach Wilson, Elizabeth Ruiz, and Reginald David. Our engineer is Paul Nakatura. I'm Steve Kraske. Thanks for listening. <laughs>